happy to be an expert to know that consolidating debt into a low fixed rate can save you money. The average interest rates on credit card debt are 17% APR. We wanted to take a second to tell you about Lightstream's credit card consolidation loan. You can get a credit card consolidation loan with fixed interest rates as low as 5.49 APR with auto pay. You could save thousands of dollars in interest, all with no fees. A division of SunTrust Bank. Be confident you're working with one of the nation's largest and strongest financial institutions. Apply today and get an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way for listeners with good credit to get this special interest rate discount is to go to lightstream.com slash FTN. That's lightstream.com slash FTN. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash FTN. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5 auto pay discount. Available only when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for important information about limits of Lightstream loans, same day funding, and rate beat program. A National Hockey League prospect discovers the source of a year-long illness. CBS's Jim Chenevay. Carson Meyer of Powell, Ohio, was a promising hockey player, but his game was off due to an illness that baffled doctors. He suffered from relentless lethargy and loss of appetite. His skin turned pale. Doctors thought it might be depression, mononucleosis, even cancer. But it was Meyer who discovered the source of his illness after using the bathroom. There in the toilet was a 25-inch long tapeworm. Doctors believe it had been living in his small intestine for almost a year. Meyer was recently drafted by the NHL's Columbus Blue Jackets. Jim Shenaby, CBS News. The Stop and Shop supermarket chain is recalling its store brand frozen broccoli. Some of the shipments tested positive for listeria at a store in South Windsor, Connecticut. No reports of anyone getting sick from eating it. The broccoli recall applies to 16-ounce bags of private brands frozen broccoli cuts. Gary Nunn, CBS News. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit axpgold.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at axpgold.com. Welcome aboard. It's time to grab or grab your board. 
go out and swim into that sea of ideas and see if you can't catch away that uh, curling sales pipeline that's starting to appear over the horizon there with, uh, I'm proud to say, the latest character, the late, the newest character in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe here, uh, Matt Hines. <laughs> well, if you look closely, you actually, in Infinity War, you actually saw me. I was in the background. I, uh, I thought that actually not true it's kind of uh, like I you just, know stanley i actually got to meet the grand great stanley many years ago and uh, know him a little bit and he you know appears in all the movies i think you're going to be taking his place you're going to be the cameo in all the new films there that would be pretty awesome that'd be pretty surreal It'd be a little weird but uh if you do that i also like sea of ideas we might have to repeat that one again as you uh as you uh as you impromptu <laughs> come up with uh, our introductions every week but yes. uh, thank you for thank you for paul all of your magic uh magistry with words and thank you everyone for joining us another episode of sales pipeline radio we are here every thursday at 11 30 pacific 2 30 eastern live SalesPipelineRadio.com, past, present, future episodes. You can check them all out. You can download them on demand. We Every week we're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. And today is no different. Really excited to have a good friend, uh, longtime sales and marketing and go-to-marketing executive, Samuel Sundaraj. He is the uh, VP of Sales at Skilljar. And uh, we had a last-minute cancellation. You were so good to join us kind of last minute. So really appreciate you moving your schedule. And, Samuel, thanks very much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Matt, thanks for uh, having me. Uh, like I said earlier on, uh, you've definitely upgraded. So I am an upgrade, right? <laughs> this is absolutely an upgrade. Are you kidding me? Uh, this I've wanted to have you on for a while, and this just worked out really, really well. And you've been uh, you have been in 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 deep in B two B sales uh, throughout the West Coast, in the Valley, up here in Seattle for a long time. You know, heading up sales at companies like Simply Measured, uh, Extra Hop, Live Stories, and now recently joining the team at Skilljar, which continues. I think you guys are. Your customer base grows uh, by 2x, seems like, every month these days. So doing some great stuff there. But um, maybe just going to start with just talk about what do, you, what do you consider, if I were to say, like, what's the state of SaaS sales? I mean, you've been doing SaaS sales for a while. Where are we at? How, where, what does it look like today? And for, for folks that are, you know, either at the front lines or managing a SaaS organization, what are the keys to making SaaS sales work today? Yeah, no, great question. So when I started off in uh, SaaS sales, Back in the day, um, the buyer pretty much depended on the seller for information, right? I'm talking the days of, you know, 2001, 2002. This is when Salesforce, you know, came to the market and started being kind of the up and running uh, SaaS CRM play. Uh, and then you, you fast forward to 2004, 2005. It was very much of kind of the, hey, I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, get on the website, sign up on the lead form, somebody called me up and went through a discovery process and then, you know, we set up a demo, but the buyer still was primarily educated to the seller, right? Today, uh, with the buyer journey, and there's a couple of things happening. One is, and, and I've always said this, you know, we just kind of saw this start back in 2011. We started seeing the trend where buyers became more informed before they even picked up the phone uh, and, and called the seller. Right, so that's primarily what's changed. Right, the buyer has more access to knowledge. So in some t- in, in some uh, at times we've even seen buyers that are ready to buy uh, without even having a conversation with a salesperson. Right, so they've gone online, they've engaged with content, they've seen blogs, um, and and you know organizations like HubSpot did a phenomenal job in terms of building content and kind of turning that machine into a very buyer-centric uh, approach, right? So if you ask me what's changed, I would say the integrated approach to marketing, 
the content being delivered to buyers in real time, uh, that's probably changed the game. So when, when that phone rings or when that buyer raises their hand, seller better align to what the buyers learned about your solution. So that, that, now, that's been a tremendous change, yeah. Certainly has changed, uh, you know, the buyer being more educated, the buyer being more self-directed. I don't think that necessarily yeah. changes, you know, the opportunity for sellers to provide value, right? I mean, I think, you know, sellers yeah. maybe historically have come in and been the source of education. I think the bar is a little higher, but talk a little bit about how good sellers can actually be still at the forefront of the buying process, at the top of the buying process to provide that value. Yeah, exactly. No, great question. Again, uh, so the other piece of this is also, as a seller, uh, you should be educated about the buyer, right? So one of the things that uh, you need to have or uh, understand is what is the objective? What is the business objective? What is the growth objectives that you're looking to address or looking to align when it comes to the buyer? So gone are the days of, you know, there's feature functionality. Obviously, you have a great product to sell. Uh, but more important, it's getting to know the buyer, right? What what does the buyer need? How does the solution map to what the buyer is ultimately going to solve? And having done this myself when I was carrying a quota back in the day, right, uh, the assumption is this comes down to the relationship, you know, which is partly true. But at the end of the day, people buy business applications, SaaS, because it solves a business problem uh, within their business, right? They're looking to buy because it's going to move the needle for their respective businesses. And and so that's the key for a seller really to understand what what is it I'm selling? What is the impact of the solution that I'm selling to the buyer's organization? And really making sure that every interaction, whether it's the demo, the discovery, the follow-up, uh, the proposal review, aligns back to the growth objectives of the buyer. Talking to Samuel Sundaraj today. He's the VP of sales at Skilljar and has spent uh, last several years managing and growing sales organizations. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm struck by the headline on your LinkedIn profile, Samuel. It's, it's, it says building teams and scaling revenue. Talk a little bit about the people side of growing a sales organization. It's one thing to put, you know, put numbers in a spreadsheet and say, well, if we call this many people, convert this many deals, we'll hit our number. Yeah. But, you know, you still have people that you're managing as part of that. Talk about the importance and some of the keys to building a, a, a sales organization, a high-performing sales organization that, that, that uh, also prioritizes the people within it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, uh, when we talk about buyer empathy, uh, we also need to talk about seller empathy, right? And, and by this, I mean, um, how do you get high-performing teams or how do you put together or bring together a diverse set of individuals to, to perform at a high level, right? So my famous, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of coaches, uh, as you know, um, and, and one of the, the reasons, one of the key reasons um, I, I follow and I've followed Belichick uh, for a long time, Bill Belichick, the coach for the, uh, the Patriots, is because he's such a systems player, right? Like he brings in different players from different backgrounds and different systems, puts them together and, and, and gets the best out of them. So uh, one of the things I've learned as I've grown in my career, um, you know, from sales manager to sales director and, and, and VP, is ultimately at the end of the day, right? You could build a process, you could write down a process, you could whiteboard a process, but this comes down to people, right? In terms of how do you get people to perform at a high level, it's the buy-in, the buy-in to the process, buy-in to the system, sales process execution, being data-driven, and ultimately understanding what is it that motivates them. 
we've got a pretty diverse uh, team and, and, you know, in my background and, and past experiences and in my current experience or role, uh, you know, these are individuals with varying degrees of experience. And, and how do you bring them together and, and make them understand that, you know, these are expectations, this is the data, but also get them to understand that this is a bi-directional uh, relationship, right? So uh, this is not just your number. Uh, or your process, this is my number as much as it is their number, right? So for me, that's a fundamental. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, sales process, methodology, prospecting, self-generated pipeline versus being completely dependent on, on, on the ADR, SDR organization, right? All of these, you know, what I call different plays, you know, you got to bring them together and make them understand what's the, what's the playbook look like. And then there's a lot of testing, coaching, reinforcement, uh, and then there's a lot of, you know, uh, re-architecting the system, as we would say. Uh, and ultimately, it's people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so understanding psychology, understanding what motivates them. And, and I'm a big believer in roadmaps, right? So every one of my team uh, or folks that have been on my teams, uh, I get into this roadmap exercise about where do they want to be, what motivates them, right? And mm-hmm. kind of working together to make sure that, you know, we're able to help them accomplish that. Just a couple minutes before we got to take a quick commercial break here, but uh, just follow on question. How does that change or how do, how do you have to adjust your approach for different generations of, of sales reps? You know, you've got, uh, you know, many sales organizations, inside sales teams especially have, you know, three to four different generations of, of, yeah. of professionals. Are you making adjustments to that approach based on millennials versus Gen X versus yeah. boomers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think, uh, uh, you know, a few years ago, I would have said, no, it's one size fits all. There's a template. Off we go. Uh, I, I think these days it's about understanding. Uh, so for some people, millennials, as you said, uh, it's about having a seat at the table, right? It's about having influence. It's about coming across as leaders or being leaders, right? So uh, you don't have to have a team to be a leader, right? So one of the things that I, I, I note down or at least specify in my one-on-ones is, leadership qualities, right? So if you have ideas, you have tactics, so you have something to share, let's collaborate, let's share with the team. And if it makes sense, let's implement, let's execute. And I think that says a lot, right? So for, for a lot of millennials, they, they want to have a seat at the table, right? They're a little bit misunderstood, but I think when you sit down and talk to them and understand where they want to go and what they want to do and how they want to fit into the sales system, I think uh, it comes down to having a voice, having a, a true seat at the table. Awesome. We'll be right back. We've got a lot more with Samuel Sundaraj. He's the VP of sales at Skilljar. We're going to talk about the sales and marketing relationship. We're going to talk about how to set expectations with leadership and boards and investors that sometimes have different accelerated ideas of what can happen in a market. Balancing all of that, uh, a key part of the job for heads of sales and SaaS startup companies. We'll talk a little more about that. We'll be back just a couple minutes here on Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion? That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And... Amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work 
right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing.com. All right, back to Matt and his guest as we pull up a chair and have our seat at the table. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you very much again for joining us. Sales Pipeline, we got more with Samuel here. We're going to talk more about SaaS sales and expectations. Make sure you join us every Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Next couple of weeks, the last day of May, next Thursday, we've got Dave Gerhardt. He's the VP of Marketing at Drift. If you're not familiar with Drift, they're trying to eliminate the landing page and make it easier for prospects, buyers, and sellers to connect by getting beyond the landing pages, registration pages we're used to seeing. After that, we also have Patrick Morrissey. He is the CMO at Altify, another fast-growing uh, SaaS startup. Similar conversation, quite frankly, what we're talking about today with Samuel, but on the marketing side, how to manage that growth. And back to our guest today, Samuel Sundaraj. He's the VP of Sales at Skilljar. And let's talk about managing expectations, Samuel. But let's talk about the other side. We've been talking about managing teams, motivating teams, you know, making their objectives, your objectives. Well, what about the board's objectives? What about the investor objectives? You've worked multiple times in companies that are uh, VC-backed, uh, that are investor-backed, where investors clearly want their money back and want to make some multiples on their investment. Sometimes the speed and maturity of the market does not match uh, expectations or at least hopes. How do you manage that when you're in the middle uh, and you're leading the sales organization, having to motivate the team but also sort of set expectations from above? Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great question, especially for um, any sales leader that's Leading sales in a in a venture backed environment, I think uh, one of the things um, that I try to do earlier on is to uh, get a pulse of the board. Right, you can understand a lot. You can get a lot when you when you know who the board members are and and what they've done in previous investments. Now, I'm fortunate to work with a board uh, that is uh, that comes with a lot of experience and some great exits. One of my, uh, two of my board members actually were one of the first investors in Marketo, uh, an organization that you're very familiar with. The thing about that is, are they there to help you figure it out, or are they there to just talk about the numbers, right? One of the things that is important to set expectations with the board, and, and, and a lot of experienced board members have seen successful exits and they've seen the playbook and they've seen what worked you know how did the machine happen right when you talk about sales and market and, and go to market the expectations as far as the board goes is obviously you want to be realistic with the numbers right and and board members uh, want transparency right they want to know if this is a sales leader that has a path to get there right if you're behind in the hiring plan you know be upfront about it right how do we fix it Right. If you're behind on numbers, you want to help them understand, you know, what does the analysis say and what are you looking to fix? And if you try and fix that issue, does it help uh, with predictability? At the end of the day, this is all about building a predictable business, right? The great businesses and the great outcomes happen when you're able to build a predictable business quickly, right? So eventually you want to get there. So I, I think for board members and, and boards, it's exactly that, right? Is the sales leader aligned with them when it comes to the outcome, right? The outcome's not going to happen in two months or two years, right? A lot of the recent IPOs that we've seen from DocuSign and Smartsheet, I mean, these are startups that were founded in 2003, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it took them a, a while to figure it out. It's a marathon, not a sprint, 
but in terms of working with boards, it's expectations, it's transparency, it's alignment on what does the model say, and is there a path to get there? Right? Is it is it market execution? Is it is it sales execution? And when uh, you don't hit the numbers, uh, getting ahead of it. Right? That's key. Right? If you're not going to hit the plan, make sure you get ahead of it and communicate it, and come up with a strategy to fix it. That's how I uh, how I tend to work with boards. Got a few more minutes here with uh, Samuel Sundaraj. He's the VP of Sales at Skilljar, and I want to ask a simple question that may not have a simple answer. What do you expect as the head of sales at a fast-growing startup? What do you expect from marketing? Yeah. So with marketing, number one, I want to I want to be completely aligned, and and I like the fact that some of the more contemporary market leaders, or at least what I've seen and read and heard. Uh, are thinking about, you know, how does marketing be assigned a revenue number or marketing's bonus is paid on the revenue number, right? So I like that. First off, it's a shared responsibility, right? So if they're bought into that, uh, may not be 100% because I understand some of it is out of their control, especially, you know, when we talk about salespeople taking the uh, SQOs and running with it. I get it. But fundamentally for me, I'm looking for the marketing leader, the marketing teams to sit down with me and understand what's going on with the funnel. What's the pulse of the funnel, right? Top down from net new MQLs to SQLs to SQOs, right? I want to make mm-hmm. sure that when it comes to targeting the ideal customer profile, we're on the same page. And it's not just about, you know, marketing racing to a number, right? Let's talk about how is marketing get, getting to the number and let's talk about the pipeline, right? And then let's talk about close one business. So I think synchronizing throughout the funnel is important, right? In the old days, uh, and even in some cases today, you see marketing high-fiving. They've hit the, the MQL number, they've hit the SQL number, uh, and then you look over on the sales side, and uh, the mood is not quite, uh, you know, <laughs> excited, right? The mood right. is a little damp because here we are trying to, you know, get deals across the finish line or there's something wrong. But I want the marketing leader to be, you know, side-by-side side with the sales leader to really understand what's going on throughout the funnel, not just stop. Absolutely, yeah, and I think... Um, what does that require in organizations that you know maybe want to do that strategically but need to convert that into operational alignment? Like, what are the keys to getting you know an, a, a marketing organization, for instance, uh, that maybe is used to just you know most leads at lowest possible cost to now start mm-hmm. thinking about pipeline contributions, marketing influence on closed deals, more quality versus quantity? You know, I know you've seen you've seen this migration. Some successful, some not. In a lot of organizations. What are the keys that that make it a little more successful? Yeah, I think the key is really uh, alignment throughout the funnel, throughout the team, right? So when I say alignment, okay, let's establish an SLA. Okay, here are the numbers, right? Now SLAs should not be long. I think here are the numbers. Okay, here's the number that marketing is signed up for. Here's the weekly production, right? Don't be uh, ambushed at the end of the month, right? With uh, with uh, with 500 MQLs in the last few days of the month, right? We know what the intent there is, right? So I'm, I'm talking about weekly forecasts where the marketing leader and the sales leader are sitting down side by side and saying, okay, here's what's coming, and then here's the plan to touch these leads, and here's the sequence, and here's the activity sets assigned in terms of how we're going to prosecute those leads. And here's a conversion number that the ADR, SDR organization can sign up to, right? Whether it's organic content, organic leads, and then obviously there's an outbound component to that that market can help. So, so again, it, it's signing up for a number, it's tracking conversions throughout the funnel, and then whether it's a good week or a bad week, right, trying to understand, okay, what's working, what's not working. And if something's working, 
both are in agreement to make sure that we repeat that again, right? So this, there's this constant alignment, as I call it, or continuous alignment, where it's week over week, synchronizing and, and touching base and meeting about, you know, what's happening. Uh, and then the other thing, right, ABM, right, big part of outbound. How does marketing enable ABM, uh, account-based marketing, or I call it account-based prospecting, right? Marketing is a key component there because you're going to help us build landing pages, it's not that cold call is dead. It's just that we want to be the messaging and the calling and the voicemails that we leave are relevant to the buyer, right? So building landing pages, right? How does marketing help? So this is obviously a combination of implementing an SLA. It's a combination of having those meetings on your calendar. And then it's a combination of looking at the spreadsheet, working with sales ops and marketing ops to ensure that the conversions are tracking. And if we're behind, uh, what are the behaviors we we change on on both sides? Wrapping up here with Samuel Sundaraji, the VP of Sales at Skilljar, and you know before we have to let you go and ask you a question that we ask a lot of our guests, especially those on the sales side. If there was a Mount Rushmore of sales, Samuel, if you could think about the people that have had an influence on you in your sales career, they can be dead or alive, they can be managers, they can be authors. Who are the people that have had the most influence on you uh, in your career that you might recommend other people seek out as well? Yeah, I think the uh, the the one you know having uh, having been out there in the early days of Salesforce and and, and just you know having uh, competed against Salesforce, uh, being a CRM salesperson, on-premise CRM salesperson, enterprise you know as we called it back in the day, uh, you know got to see how Mark Benioff executed on the initial phase of Salesforce, right? A lot of mm-hmm. land deals, ten seats, five seats, you know, six seats, and I lost a few deals right to to him and his team back in the day. So I would. I would put Mark Benioff off definitely uh, out there or, or on one of those mountains. The 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 second uh, person uh, definitely uh, Manny Medina, the CEO of Outreach. Again, same similar type, except you know I was uh, I'm a little closer to Manny. <laughs> I know Manny, uh, and and just seeing somebody pivot from literally going out of business, staring at the the barrel of a gun, if you want to say, you know, put it that way, to really hustling, making it. Manny just you know fundamentally just muscled his way through selling uh, a vision into, you know, what is now, you know, a, a half a billion dollar organization in a span of four years. Completely go to market execution there. Third is somebody that folks may not know, but, uh, you know, a guy named Jeff Altouts, who was, uh, I was an ADR to Jeff many years ago, and, and uh, he, was a, he was a sales rep that brought in three, four million dollar deals on a quarterly basis consistently when I worked at Pivotal Software in Canada. I, I learned a lot as an ADR, Jeff would actually have me on the phone with clients during negotiation calls, and I just got to see him close massive amounts of businesses with, with buyers, and that was fascinating to just follow and watch. So those are kind of the three folks I put out there. Good insights for sure, and thank you so much for our guest today, Samuel Sundaraj. He's the VP of Sales at Skilljar. Appreciate him joining last minute. This was absolutely an upgrade. It's hard to know if it was an upgrade because we don't know what the, the previous guest would have brought, but honestly, this was a great conversation <laughs> from someone who is still in the trenches, leading sales organizations, still has a number to hit, and uh, I know you got a month or a week left in the month, and even though you're new at yep. Skilljar, you got to hit that number. So we're going to let you go. Thanks again to our guests today. Join us every week Sales Pipeline Radio. We're going to have a bunch of great guests coming up next week. Dave Gerhardt, he's the VP of Marketing at Drift. If you want to get rid of your landing pages or wondering how the heck you could live without landing pages, definitely check us out next week. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us today again on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. 
right here on the Funnel Radio channel for Antwerp listeners like you.